I am Igum and Michelle, and this is a podcast, a safe space where I get to talk about God and share my experiences of walking with Him, as well as dissect what it really means to follow Him. We are currently on a Bible in a Year challenge where we read and reflect on daily chapters of the Bible for 365 days, and I am super glad that you decided to join us today. So today is day 62 of our Bible in a Year challenge, and we will be continuing on our journey, taking readings from the books of Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Psalms. So in numbers today, two very interesting things happen, and I will be basing my reflection on those two things today. Um, first of all, it is the should I say siblings quarrel? <laughs> it is the um disagreement between Miriam, Aaron, and Moses. Miriam and Aaron being um siblings of Moses, elder brother and elder sister. So um I think. Yeah, it's centered around the fact that Moses married a Cushite woman, and Miriam was not really in support. And, anyways, it went out of control. God called the three of them to the tent of meeting. Miriam was leprous, and then Aaron had to plead on her behalf to Moses to plead to God on her behalf so that she might be well again. Anyways, it's <laughs> it's a very Dramatic、um, scenario, but it's quite interesting because, for some reason, there is something about how Miriam's、um, sickness, Miriam's illness,、um, Miriam being leprous, kind of settled the whole situation. Well, first and foremost,、um, I don't know why Miriam had a problem with Moses getting married to a Cushite woman. I don't think people know exactly why that was a problem. I mean, it wasn't particularly stated in the Bible. People have opinions, like there are so many opinions about why that might have been the source of a problem, but like no one is particularly sure. But I mean, I can tell you this from Nigeria: in-laws don't really get together with the person that is getting married into the family. I don't know. It's just. It's just a very popular thing. Like it's very hard to find in-laws that will accept an incoming woman to their family without having any problems with her. I don't know. Probably it's because like there's difference in upbringing. Probably difference in culture. I don't know. But <laughs> there's always that. That is just very distinct. So that might be like the situation in this case. Probably they had or she had a problem with the woman getting married to her brother Moses. Anyways, at the end of the day. Um, God was angry with Aaron and Miriam because they,、um, they kind of doubted Moses's、um, significance or importance or、um, his leadership. They they kind of doubted that probably because he was like their younger brother, so they they really didn't see him as important as he was, and God had a problem with that. And at the end of the day,、um, Miriam was leprous, and then Moses had to plead. For her to、um, be well again, and it's funny how this kind of pops up because、um, at this point in my life, I feel like I am. I mean, we're growing, right? So I wouldn't. 
I would my my relationship. <laughs> you would even like know how complex the whole situation is from the way I'm stuttering. My relationship with my siblings, especially my elder sister and then my immediate younger sister, is quite complex. Like I think all siblings' relationships are complex. Like you would literally donate your kidneys to these people without even thinking twice. But like the littlest thing, as them borrowing your shoes or taking your charges, will cause fights and quarrels for weeks and my case is not any different definitely we have had our own share of arguments and disagreements um growing up and it's funny because when such things happen like when we have those regular constant quarrels and we don't talk to each other for days and then something happens like maybe my sister falls sick and she falls ill for some reason that kind of that kind of sells everything because like now i'm not thinking about the problem we had i'm thinking about the um situation the illness that she had because that's more serious and over time it just kind of dies out and then we're just back to talking again, back to being siblings and sisters. And then it won't be long for another thing to pop up and then we'll quarrel over the thing again. I just think it's funny how the sibling relationship works. Like it is such a strong bond and also fragile at the same time. I feel like in the end, um, we realize when the bad situation happens, when one of us is down or physically or mentally or emotionally, we kind of realize that at the end of the day, it's not really worth it especially now as we um, grow up and we are kind of diversifying and like moving into different parts of the world like right now i'm not even with either of the siblings i'm talking about one of them is working elsewhere halfway across the world and the other one is in school and i'm at home and we just have like phone calls and video conversations to keep the relationship going and at this point i kind of realized that all the little quarrels and arguments and beefs that we had growing up was just not necessary like i'm thinking of those times that we would literally go for days without speaking to each other and the source of those quarrels are just like mundane things like probably she switched on the lights while i was sleeping or she got took too long in the bathroom anyways i just think it's funny but at the end of the day we kind of realized that it's not really worth it it's not really worth it and that is just very significant in the sense that when we do things especially in the heat of the moment when we kind of let our feelings and our emotions get the best of us we do things that we tend to regret later on especially when we we don't have that control over ourselves and that is why it's very very important and the bible even kind of mentions that one of the gifts of the holy spirit is self-control the holy spirit is a spirit of self-control and we can enabled by his strength we can control our emotions we can control our feelings our negative thoughts we can control that and suppress that and keep them in check so that they do not lead us to do things that we regret later or that has terrible consequences later on so that's just something to hold on to that the holy spirit in us will always give us that strength to control our tongue just like in the case of miriam her tongue put her in trouble 
but the Holy Spirit can help us to control our tongue, to control our thoughts, to control our feelings, so that they are always in line and in check with God's will and God's commandments. So moving on, it was also mentioned that um, this chapter of Numbers is where the spies were sent out to Canaan to um, check if it is a good land, as God already said it was. Like Moses told them to go and check everything, check their security, how they live, what they eat, the kind of people they are, how the land is, how the crops are, every single thing you can get, like every information you can get about them, go and get it. And the report they brought back was, it was not encouraging at all. So among the spies that were sent out to Joshua was also sent out. Joshua would be the one that would later on lead the um israelites to the promised land that's just on a side note but anyways the spies went out to canaan and they brought back crops so much that two men had to take a cluster of grapes back to the camp that was like how fruitful the land was the crops were huge the harvest was bountiful but they did not fail to mention not all of them though but most of the spies about 10, I think there were 10 out of the 12 that came back with report that the people there were giants. They were strong, that they felt like ants close to them. And pretty much they were saying it was quite impossible to um, go into this land, not to spoil anything for anyone. But I think tomorrow we're going to see um, how this affected the way the Israelites received the news because it kind of discouraged them. Like, I mean, is it worth it? Like, we want to take over a land that is ruled and occupied by giants, by a race of giants. Like, physically, it's it's quite impossible. So, like, what is even the use of moving on? So, we get to see that tomorrow and moving forward, we also see God's reaction to their doubtfulness and their distrust but one thing i'd like to mention today is the fact that like i always say when you're reading these stories especially journeying through the desert to the promised land with the israelites get down from your high horse because so many things they did we do it every single time it's very easy to be reading the stories and be like i mean they should have trusted god god did this god performed so many miracles they should have believed in him they shouldn't have doubted yeah 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 i know it's very easy but how many times how many times in your life do you see this obstacle do you see this new challenge and begin to think uh, maybe it's quite impossible how many times do you make plans and even before you start working on those plans you have thoughts of maybe these plans are not feasible maybe they are not realistic how many times do we listen to that voice that tells us that our goals are too big to be realistic how many times do we doubt that god can actually perform miracles real life miracles in our lives how many times do we think that all the miracles all the show of power that god did in the bible is just kept in the fiction stories alone and they cannot apply to our lives because 
this is the real life. This is the real world. How many times do we think that God's power and authority is limited by reality? Well, I can tell the answer. The answer is uncountable number of times. That that's the answer. Um, it is even sad because I would admit that a major reason why some of us are where we are currently and presently is the fact that we did not pursue opportunities, we did not go through doors because they seemingly looked impossible at that point in time, and we've limited ourselves so much to our capabilities, thinking that they entirely depend on that. And we leave God out of the picture. We leave all the things He has shown us. We leave all the many times He has helped us in small ways. We leave all of those behind. We put them at the back of our mind and we compare our challenges. We compare our obstacles with our own power, with our own strength, with our own effort. Of course, it's not going to balance out. Of course, it is going to seem impossible because you are in no way measurable to the dreams and to the plans that God has for you. God says, I alone know the plans I have for you. You don't even know the plans God has for you. That is how big they are. So how do you even think that your own efforts can achieve those plans and carry out those thoughts? How? Like make it make sense. You need to bring God into the picture. The Israelites measured their strength and their population. I mean, they were slaves. They were slaves for almost all their lives. They had no military training whatsoever. They were even the race that were, um, should I say, maltreated on. They were the servants. They were the slaves. And now they were supposed to occupy the position of being the ones doing, dishing out the terror, the ones carrying out the fights, bringing the war and the battles. And so it just seemed very off. Like they had no training they had whatsoever. These people were even strong. So even if they had training, it would have even measured up. Their cities were fortified. They were a race of giants. So pretty much it was like a suicide mission. And when they weighed the options and they weighed the odds, of course it was going to be impossible because they left the secret ingredient out, the secret, not so secret ingredient, which was God. God was the one that was going to fight their battles. God was the one that was going to take on the war. God was the one that was going to destroy those people and put them in. But they failed to realize that. Man, I don't. I don't know whatever you're dealing with right now. I don't know whatever obstacle is standing in your way. I don't know whatever seemingly impossible challenge you're passing through right now. But I'll tell you this, that you're not alone. I was literally coming back from work today. I went to work today with like high spirits and like that um zeal to succeed okay i got everything in check i have everything in the bag i have my life figured out and then i'm coming back home and it's like the entire opposite like i'm thinking what am i even doing with my life like okay yes i have plans but if this plan fails like what do i do what is my backup <laughs> you know we always ask ourselves that like what is our backup we're told we need to have plan b plan c plan d just in case any of your plans fail and i'm coming home like Bro, every single plan that I have in place, what did they all feel? Like, okay, what am I left with? 
and I started getting super anxious. Guys, I'm talking within the space of like 30 minutes in the bus. I'm getting panic attacks. Like, what am I even doing with my life? <laughs> like, all the plans I have, they are so big compared to myself. And while these thoughts were going on, something popped up to, to my head. And it was the verse of today. And the verse of today um, talks about how um, we can boast of our troubles because our troubles produce endurance and endurance produces God's approval and God's approval produces hope. And this hope can never fail us. Why? Because God has poured his love in our hearts by the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when I was reading this verse of the day in the morning, it, it didn't seem, it didn't fit because I was, I mean, I was feeling, I didn't feel despair. I didn't feel sad or moody. So it didn't really fit to my mood. So I just put it at the back of my mind. And then when I was coming back home and I started getting this panic attacks, it all made sense. And the funny thing is, while all this was going on in my head, I was having conversation. I don't know if it's just me. Probably it's a sign of mental illness. God forbid. I will not be mentally ill in my life. <laughs> But I don't know what's going on. I feel it's just me, but I have so many conversations in my head. Like, if I'm saying a thousand words out loud, like a million, trillion words are going up in my head. So the conversation was literally between me and myself. And then I was just asking myself, okay, so like, I don't have any plan. And I, could, I do have a plan, but the plan doesn't seem feasible. It doesn't seem realistic. Like there is literally 5% chance that these plans are going to work. And then my other self would say, um, okay, but God has you. Like there are so many times you've planned that those plans um, actually worked. And then I'm like, no, there are actually much more like times, a hundred times that I have planned and the plans failed. So like, what if this one is going to be one of the times and all these plans fail? And then the other part of me is like, no, it's not going to fail because God has you. God has promised you. And then the other part of me is saying, okay, so what has God actually promised me? What has he promised me? And then this is where it gets very interesting because when your negative side, I don't know if it's the voice of the devil or demons, I honestly don't know, but I know it was a negative voice, <laughs> definitely. But when that negative voice asks you, okay, so what is God's promise? Like, how do you know? How are you sure that God is going to have your back and see you through? If at that point in time, you're faced with that question and you don't have an answer, you can't remember what part of the Bible that God has promised you so, so, and so, or God has said this, trust me, you're going to remain in that mood for the rest of the day, probably for a very long time because you have no, you have no weapon. That is a mental battle. That is a mental war. And we are already told in the Bible, Paul already tells us that our sword to fight against the evil one on the evil day is the word of God. That is our weapon. There is no other thing. Our weapon, our sword is the word of God. Our shield is faith. Our helmet is salvation. Our breastplate is righteousness. Our belt is truth and our shoes are the gospel of peace. And if you are not fully prepared for this mental war you're going to lose 
So I'll just give you that disclaimer. Prepare yourself because this mental war is going to be happening a lot of times, especially when you want to take your life in God very seriously. But one thing to note is that when you are in God, you're not living a realistic, in quotes, or a normal life anymore. Your life became abnormal the moment you involved an abnormal being. God is not normal. God is not limited by real reality. God is outside of reality. God is outside of time, of space, of matter. And when you get him involved in your life, you become a part of him and he becomes a part of you. Why do you still expect things to go on realistically or normally? Like that, that doesn't even add up. Make it make sense. You are with God who is unrealistic, who is entirely out of the imaginable. So why do you limit what you can do or what you can achieve to only the imaginable? I need you to expand your train of thoughts. Anyways, while this mental war um, was going on within me, the verse of the day came just from nowhere. And it was like this wall of brick that just pushed back all doubts and all fear that I had before. And it was like, no, because I know I'm going through troubles and I'm going through hard times. And I know that even in these times, it still doesn't feel like there is going to be a way out anytime soon. But these troubles in me will produce endurance. And this endurance would bring about God's approval. And I know this God's approval will give me hope. And this hope will not, cannot, and has never filled me. Why? Because God's love is in my heart through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives within me. So I don't care if it seems realistic. I don't care if it seems impossible. I don't care what anybody thinks. Because I'm not even with a realistic God anyway. So please, that is out of the question. And God's word has told me that with Christ, I can do all things through him that strengthens me. And that is all I needed to get out of that mood to get out of that feeling and i'm just giving you that spoiler because the devil is really not as creative as god in the way he wants to trick us or tempt us he usually uses the same route every single time i mean he's wise but he's not creative at all god i'll, I'll give all the creativity to god so he always uses the same route over and over again and so this is just a spoiler alert to back yourself, guard your mind, guard your thoughts, guard your heart with the word of God and use that to shield yourself from doubting, from doubting the power and the promises of God. Because as later on we would see from tomorrow and um, going further down the line, the consequences of doubting God, the consequences of losing hope in a God that has promised you so much. Um, so, um, guys, with that, I have come to the end of this episode. Wow, what a journey. 
is it just me or is the story getting more interesting? I feel like we're getting, we're now getting to the interesting part. Like all this while it has been about laws, don't do this, do that, unclean, clean, rituals, sin offering, burnt offering, um, the tribes of this. Like it has all been about numbers and figures and names. But now it's, we're getting to the interesting part. We're heading somewhere. And this story is not going to be ending anytime soon, guys. Today is day 62 out of 365 days. And I cannot wait to unpack all that the Bible has for us. Once again, this is the forecast. And I will see you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. Have an amazing day.